0: Welcome to Day 17 of 31 Days of Terror and I have 5 spooky listener stories for you today and story number 1 comes from Tanya. When my mom was pregnant with me, it was found out that I had osteogenesis imperfecta or better known as brittle bone disease and my case of brittle bone disease was extremely severe. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the least and 10 being the worst, mine was a 10. The reason this was found out was because my parents owned a large dog who was trying to play with my mom and she turned, running her belly pretty hard into the kitchen counter, causing her to go to the doctor to check on me. Then I was diagnosed with brittle bone disease and found out that my left femur had broken in half from the impact. So anyway, My parents and grandparents are very religious, thus meaning that my mom and I received many church blessings while I was still in the womb. When I was born, I didn't have brittle bone disease anymore but I am a carrier and my left leg was three inches shorter than my right leg because it didn't heal properly from the break. A way to tell that someone has it is the whites of their eyes have a slight blue tint. As I grew up, I had to have a couple of lengthening surgeries on my left femur, plus a bunch of other surgeries to fix little things with my leg in general. Both of my paranormal experiences happened during my first lengthening surgery. For this surgery, I was seven years old. I had a circular external fixator, also called a halo, on my left leg. It lengthened my leg from the inside and caused a lot of extremely painful muscle spasms. One night in the middle of the night I was having a continuous stream of muscle spasms and they weren't stopping. We tried everything from muscle relaxers to applying ice to trying to distract me with TV and whatnot. I would sometimes receive religious blessings when I would have bouts of muscle spasms like that that my dad would give me but my mom and I couldn't wake my dad up for the life of us this night. So my mom and I prayed for relief and I suddenly felt What seemed like three separate individual hands on the outer side, top and inner side of my thigh. This was literally impossible because the halo was so intrusive that you couldn't place whole hands on my skin. Anyway, right when I felt the hands, the muscle spasms stopped immediately. Very abruptly I stopped crying and felt relief. The second experience was also during this same time span of having the halo. On a separate night, I was having a continuous span of muscle spasms. We again could not wake my dad to give me a religious blessing as a last resort to try and ease the pain. It felt like the spasms had been going on for so long, probably a total of one and a half hours altogether. My mom and I started to pray for me to stop having such incredible pain. And a little bit later, I heard a male voice whisper in my ear, Do you need help? I didn't answer audibly because I was sobbing from the pain, but I remember thinking yes. And again, very suddenly, the muscle spasm stopped. After a few minutes, I asked my mom if she had asked me a question, which she said she hadn't. Then I asked her if she had heard the man ask if I needed help. She again said that no, she hadn't. Now, you could say that me feeling the hands and hearing the voice were just me hallucinating from the painkillers and muscle relaxers but I honestly believe that the hands and the voice were from my guardian angels or ancestors. I don't know how else to explain it, because painkillers don't take effect super suddenly. They come into effect very gradually as the pills dissolve into your system. Anyway, people can think what they want to believe, but I believe it was spirits, whether they be guardian angels or family members who have passed away. And story number two comes from Rachel. Back in the early 2000s, I worked for a car dealership in Pennsylvania in the service department as a service cashier. I hated it, but I loved my co-workers, especially the mechanics. They kept it lively and entertaining at least. There was one in particular whom I had a massive crush on. He was maybe 8 or 9 years older than me, tall, muscular, dark-haired, green-eyed and heavily tattooed. He was hot. He was the type of guy to give you the shirt off his back. He had a tough exterior but a heart of gold. One Friday before closing he came into my office to say goodnight and asked if I was working the next day. I said, ugh, of course, I roll. He said he was too and after a few pleasantries he said, alright, I'll see you tomorrow. And I immediately thought, no you won't. I sat stunned for a few seconds. What the hell was that? I shrugged it off and said goodbye as he walked out the door. The next morning, an hour or so into my day, word got back to me that the night before he had been hit by a deer while riding his motorcycle breaking his neck. He died later at the hospital. We were devastated. Most of the people at that company, including him, had worked there for years and it was like a family. Not to mention he had a relatively new wife and her young son that he had adopted. It was terrible. I'd never had a premonition like that before, and I haven't had one since. It blew my mind, and I'll never forget it. And story number three comes from Lauren. My grandmother died in March 2006. She had visited a service station down the street when she collapsed from a heart attack. Luckily, she lived, but was admitted to the hospital for further testing. Her test results showed that she had a substantial blockage in her heart that needed to be addressed. She went into the surgery the next day, but never made it out. She ended up losing a significant amount of blood during the surgery and went into shock. We never really got to say goodbye. In 2017, I was helping my mother do things around her home since she was unable to after surgery. I took the cushions off the sofa to sweep under them, And noticed a christmas present label wedged to the back of the sofa the label was addressed to me from my grandmother it was dated 2003. i know that doesn't sound strange but my mother sweeps under her cushions weekly and since my grandmother's death she had bought a new sofa christmas present labels were not something i had ever kept they always got thrown out with the wrapping paper I never really had a close relationship with my grandmother, but at the time, I was struggling with where I was in my life. I feel like it was her letting me know that everything would be okay and that she was looking out for me. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices And story number four comes from Kim. My husband's auntie Joe used to own a cattle station in outback Queensland, Australia. My husband Matt worked and lived out there for a time and we've always lived within a few hours drive so we've spent a lot of time there. There is a cottage house where Joe lives and what has always been called the big house which is this huge old house that one of the previous owners lived in with servants and all of that stuff. In time, parts of the house have become pretty run down, and the kitchen even fell off at some point, leaving pots and a very old oven on the ground under where the kitchen used to be. The house is a Y shape, and the kitchen was the bottom of the Y. The rest is all bedrooms that open onto the veranda that goes all the way around the house. When my husband first lived there before he met me, he slept in the big house and every so often... He would hear footsteps going up and down the veranda in the middle of the night. He would call out, only to get no answer, and ask Jo the next day if she'd been over there and she'd always say, no, it must have been the ghost. They thought it might have been the ghost of a servant, because it always sounded like they would walk into the empty space where the kitchen once was, and the door would always be open. The door opened to nothing now, so they would lock it and put a chair in front of it, but the next morning... The chair would always be against the opposite wall and the door would be wide open. The door only stayed closed when they eventually wedged a big rock in the gap between the door and the floor. A fair amount of time went by. Matt and I met, dated for a few years, and I would go over to the big house while he and Joe did cattle work when I visited on the weekends. But I never saw, heard, or felt anything weird, just talked to the old ginger cat that always hung around in the house. One time, Matt's brother Sam came to visit, and they both stayed in the big house one weekend. It was the middle of the night, and Sam felt someone poking his leg. He opened his eyes and saw a figure standing by his bed. "'Okay, Matt, you got me,' he said. But the figure just walked out the door and down the veranda. He got out of bed and went to look and watched the figure walk down the veranda and disappear into the darkness.' Not making a single sound on what usually was a very creaky old wooden floor. He asked Matt the next morning, and he swore it hadn't been him. A few months later, Matt and I slept on the veranda of the big house in a swag because we had our dogs there, so they could just sleep next to us. I was scared because of the poking story, so I just lingered on the edge of sleep. Sometime in the night, I felt a slap on my forehead. I woke up thinking it was a ghost, only to see Matt's arm returning to his side, and I laughed and slept better after that. And story number five comes from Colby. First, I would like to preface this story by telling you that I'm a five foot nine, sometimes manly guy, at a weight that is average for that height. However, none of this has anything to do with this story, as I was a lanky nerd when this happened. All jokes aside though, this was something that really messed with my head and as much as I wish as I had a real explanation for this, I really have nothing other than a theory. Hopefully, after everything you've heard and read you can shed some light on this for me. When I was 18, I was doing terribly in school. I was going out on the weekends and partying and my parents finally had enough of my behaviour and kicked me out of the house. I can't really fault them for that. After all, I was a bit of an ass But reaching out to some friends, I found a place to stay with a buddy, his girlfriend, and their young kid. We ended up working out a payment agreement, and I ended up taking the kid's room. It was a little larger than he needed, I guess, and he got moved into a smaller room. But he was fine with that, and everybody seemed happy. But that was pretty short-lived for me. A few nights later, I was lying in bed, catching up on my lovecraft, when from the corner of my eye... I caught the bedroom door gently begin to open. Now I'm not going to lie, I nearly shrieked at first, but then I started to realise that I probably just hadn't shut the door all the way. So feeling a bit foolish, I got up, fully closed the door and then went back to my book. But a while later, the same thing happened again. So I automatically think someone's screwing with me and I get up and look out into the hallway. And of course, it's completely dark and no one is there. I like to consider myself logical, and I think, well, they do have floor vents for the air conditioner, so clearly a breeze must be catching the door, and it's not latching right. But either way, that night, it doesn't happen again. But unfortunately, the next night it does. Only twice again. Then the following night, the same thing. It's only after a few nights, however, that I finally realise that it's actually starting to open more aggressively. It's not slamming into anything, but it's opening a little more quickly, just a faster pace, and then stopping midway. So yes, I was a little freaked out at this point. The next day, I finally caved to my friend and tell him what's going on with the door. He checked everything and it looked fine, and he mentioned that he too thought it was the vents, but we agreed on putting in a new doorknob with a lock on it. And what do you know, there's no problems that night, so problem fixed, right? I wish. The next night I was lying in bed and I swear to all that is holy and unholy, I heard that doorknob try to open. I stared at it for a while, peeping out from my covers, until I finally got the courage to spring to the door and fling it open. And before me was nothing but a dark hallway. No sounds of anyone moving. Just the sound of air being pushed through vents. That night, as you can imagine, it took a lot of willpower to fall asleep. And the next night it happened again. And I think deep down I knew it would. But what frightened me the most at the time was I never saw anything in the hallway when I looked. The third night, however, something unexpected happened. This time, I actually heard footsteps coming down the hall to the door. Then I heard the handle. I knew no one was there. I've played this game. I hate this game. I really hate this game. And I'm scared out of my mind. But the same thing happens for another couple of nights. Then one night, after they were out visiting family, I heard them come home. I heard the door shut. I heard what sounded like boots being taken off and thrown on the floor. I heard their keys being tossed on the table... And then I heard them stomp down the hallway towards my room. I opened the door to greet them. But lo and behold, there was nobody there. So there I am, standing in the dark hallway, looking dumbfounded. And believe me when I say, I booked it to the other end of the house, to their bedroom and looked inside. And sure enough, there's no one there. I was all alone. And I was thoroughly freaked out. My friend's girlfriend was home the next day and I finally asked her if we could talk. I explained to her that I know this was going to sound crazy but weird stuff had been going on. So we talked about it over a cup of coffee and she was totally freaked out and told me something that added to all the weirdness. Her son had an imaginary friend and since I moved in, he hadn't seen him. I was thoroughly creeped out by this, but she started telling me about him. He wasn't a child, he was a grown man that worked in construction, and he liked to play with him and his cars, and her kid had been really upset lately that he went away. And worst yet, his name was Funner. Really, Funner? So after I spent some time making fun of the thing's name and its lack of respect for proper English... We both concluded that whatever I think might be happening isn't very fun. But she had no idea what to do and I had no idea what to do. I just needed a little time to think of something. And unfortunately that night he came back. I got the pleasure of hearing him storming down the hallway to my bedroom so he could mess with the doorknob a couple of times, leave for the night, perhaps go to his imaginary construction job and then come back the next day. And I really felt like I couldn't take it much longer. I was consistently hiding under my sheets, I was getting awful sleep, which was affecting my job, and I was constantly grumpy. So, this was where I finally hatched a plan. And this, depending on your views, is where I might be considered to be a bit of an asshole. Before I went to bed that night, after the house was quiet and everyone else had gone to sleep, before the occurrence happened, I snuck into the kids' room and opened the door. And I left it that way and snuck back to mine. And then I went to sleep. And that night, I was not awakened by some crazed Bob the Builder trying to get into my room. No. Instead, I wake up from the need to go to the bathroom. Now I admit I was a bit groggy-headed when I stepped out into the hallway, but I was really confused as to why I see a light on in his room. At this point, it was almost midnight. So I looked in there and saw him playing with his cars and I made the stupid mistake of asking him what he was doing. And I will never forget that answer. He said, I'm playing with Funner. You know that gif where Homer backs up into a hedge and vanishes into it? I did that all the way back to my room. It was uncomfortable going to sleep that night. Sure, I wasn't being bothered finally, but what if I just fed this kid to a demon? "'But honestly, nothing bad ever happened after that. "'The kid was happy, the mom was spooked out, "'and the friend never really believed me. "'But all in all, at least the kid got his friend back. "'I did move out shortly after that, "'not because of the experience, "'but because my parents and me made peace, "'and I eventually lost touch with them. "'But I did run into her a few years ago. "'She told me she had asked him a few times "'about his imaginary friend, "'but he always said he never remembered him. "'Maybe that's for the best.' But still, I gotta think, that has to be rough for the imaginary friend. Although, truth be told, wherever he is I hope he's out there telling the same story somewhere about how he scared the hell of some poor kid on a nightly basis, all while trying to find and play with his little buddy. Personally as crazy as it sounds, I think whatever it was didn't even exist until this kid imagined him, and somehow that was strong enough to make it real but at least he didn't imagine porcelain vampire dolls that could only enter your room through a mirror. Yikes. Thank you so much to Tanya, Rachel, Lauren, Kim and Colby for your stories. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you would like to send in your own spooky story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com and you can also check out our website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and on that note, we shall see you tomorrow.